welcome back, Calm listeners. This is Methodical Millions, where you can better your future and better yourself. Cal, I just wanted to do an episode on some upcoming cool tech and some breakthroughs we've seen in a couple areas. So one of them is Neuralink. The last time we chatted, there was a pig implant that measured electrode signals in the brain. And the other one is Jeff Bezos landing his rocket booster with Blue Origin. I think why we should cover these is because these are actual breakthroughs that are going to have a meaningful impact on society, on business, on entrepreneurship, and we're seeing huge milestones. So I wanted to ask what your thoughts are. Have you seen them in the news? I want to start with the Blue Origin story. Jeff Bezos and his company were able to have one of their boosters called Shepard land by itself, just like SpaceX does with their boosters. And I find it just as exciting as SpaceX did it the first time. The reason for that is because there's always been competition and SpaceX had quite the lead, in my opinion, but this is healthy. I think this is very exciting for mankind. Just a few years ago, I don't think that was even an option on the table. Space travel is very expensive. There's a lot of space junk. All of that makes it very, very expensive to explore space, to commercialize space travel and maybe even colonize other planets. To me, seeing that others are catching up will only push the competition further, and that's what makes it exciting because healthy competition is always gonna be pushing people to the better. From my personal experience, every time I have a healthy competition with someone, it only pushes both of us. Regardless of who's ahead, that's not really the point. The point is trying to push each other and yourself. When it comes to companies they're focusing on space travel and now can compete in terms of signing contracts with space agencies and having those ships or boosters available to them and start exploring space mining and space travel and colonizing other planets. That shows that we're really getting to the next step. Very, very exciting stuff. There's a video on it on YouTube. I'm sure everyone can look up Blue Origin booster landing and it's there. It's slightly different than SpaceX, but Without going into the technicals, it's still very, very fascinating. And go ahead and check that out. I just want to make a point to our listeners that might not know. We opened a blog on our site. So go to methodicalmillions.com and we'll post occasional news that we find interesting. And I actually posted a story about Blue Origin, New Shepherd, And you can actually click the YouTube video embedded to the site. It's at T minus 10 and just watch the launch there. Because I think the whole video is about two, three hours. But Go take a look. Make sure you subscribe. It's called Methodical Minute. So it's digestible content we find interesting that maybe won't make it into a full episode or some news examples. You can buy Tesla cars with Bitcoin, Coinbase IPOing, which is big news this week. I know we were going to tell our listeners about that. So congrats to Coinbase. They did a direct listing at $80 billion. So we're going to start to grow our portfolio of articles that way whenever we find something interesting. So here's why I think Blue Origin's worth noting. Jeff Bezos is also a relentless individual. Instead of guessing who's number one and who's number two, let's remember that he built a super valuable company. It was hyper-focused for years, just taking over e-commerce. And it's how I shop. It's dominating the world. That became a fuel source for his space company as well. And 
I don't know if people realized we covered this in one of our methodical minutes too. He just declared maybe a month or two ago that he's stepping down from Amazon and he's going to work on Blue Origin full time. Imagine all that brain power and focus towards space travel. And his big point was, hey, this is how I could pay back for future entrepreneurs. I can pave the way for space. I've got all this money. Who better than me? So I agree with him. I think that's a great way of doing it. And he always was a fan of how there was credit card payment systems and there was roads built and the internet, the fundamental building blocks. He appreciated what came before him so that Amazon could be possible. We always talk about these qualities. Be thankful for where you came from. He's got that quality and it shows. I mean, what a better way to get perspective than to appreciate what's around you and realize you're not the whole world. It's not about your ego, no matter how big your company is. Have humility and make the world better. It's that simple. And if you can find those elements and just mix them together and make something great, it could start small. And that's the whole point of it. So Neuralink, I'll go by saying it was an implant into a pig before. And these were small little electrodes for people who haven't heard the episode that actually were reading brain signals like a MIDI keyboard. If you ever produce music, you see these little flashes of lights on a page that represent a key on a keyboard. So let's say a keyboard has 72 keys. This will have thousands of signals in a line or so. It's almost like a moving graph. And Neuralink's goal was to map the brain, to say, what do these signals mean? After all, they're just electrical impulses. And although we're biological, we have electrical signals in our brain. That's how we work. So the whole idea was no one really understands the brain. Now this technology is good enough to read and measure it actively. Whereas before, it was never invasive. It was always outside the mind. And it was maybe superficial on top. There was very rudimentary style connectors. And Neuralink actually iterated on this wacky invention from 50, 100 years ago that had less wires and technology got better. So why not give it a shot? And that seems to be a recurring theme in Elon Musk's group of businesses. Okay, so there's this monkey. It's about a three-minute video. You got to watch it. We'll link it in the show notes. Check out our website. But there's a monkey who's playing some kind of game. It's a video game with a joystick. And the monkey's got a smoothie. It's basically right out of classical conditioning. So, hey, monkey, if you want to eat this smoothie, you got to learn how to play the game. And the monkey learns that when I do certain actions and I do the game right, I'm going to get fed. And that becomes a reinforcement. That's the expected outcome. And that's how animal psychology essentially works. It works the same for humans, positive reinforcement. So what I found really crazy was the narrator explaining what's going on is talking about how the Neuralink is doing the same thing. It's reading all the signals, but they actually map which signals correspond to joystick movement. A joystick can move, let's say, 360 degrees at a time. And the interesting part was Neuralink mapped not only which electrical signals match the joystick, they became good at predictive modeling. I don't know the nuances of how they're doing this. I'm assuming it's a mix of big data, machine learning, and all these terms they get thrown around. But the technology is there to say, if the monkey were to move a certain way, we know how to map it so we can reverse engineer which way the monkey wants to go. And how they tested this was after mapping it, they actually unplugged the joystick and the monkey thought he was still playing. They would read the thoughts and then they would move the joystick on their own according to what they mapped. The crazy part was the monkey knew no difference. It was a brain interface between a wireless signal to this video game. So the monkey was moving the video game with his thoughts. 
if you think about this for a second, you can essentially think about something and browse the web, or you can think about driving a car. You don't need hand signals anymore, as long as you can see things and think about them. If Neuralink can eventually map the whole brain to the complexity of the whole scope of thoughts and make a Wikipedia or a database of human thought, and maybe it's a little bit more complex than that, but imagine if you can do things with thinking about them. You don't need a smartphone anymore and you don't need your hands. So eventually we can probably communicate wirelessly, which is telepathy. We can do actions. And this is just absolutely mind-blowing that this is real technology and it's proven out. And eventually what really proved it to me was they actually took away the joystick. So the monkey was still not knowing any better, thinking about moving the screen and was playing the game with its mind with no physical inputs at all. I just thought it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. That's movie stuff. It was fantastic. Very exciting. For those of you who haven't watched it, you have to. So based on some readings, it seems that the technology itself isn't that new. It's been around for a while, but there are two things to this. First, it wasn't as compact as it is now. So the fact that with a very, very short and quick procedure, they can install the chip within your skull. They make some sort of incision in the skull, plant the chip, and then put the skin back to cover it. So basically it looks completely invisible. It's not like something big sticking out of your head. So that's one very cool thing. And second thing is to commercialize it, meaning to make it a bit more affordable and effective. So even charging it would be wireless apparently. So those two things is what makes this extra special. And the fact that a monkey can play a game on the screen and get fed some banana milkshake and then gets given a banana at the end and enjoys it and acts completely normal. It doesn't look like it has anything different than any other monkey. The way Elon Musk really creates his companies, I think, is improve on what is available technology and try to make it quite affordable. We see that with Tesla. We see that with SpaceX. We see that now with Neuralink. And maybe it's a bit of a sidetrack thing, but I think there's a connection to his Starlink project. Perhaps that makes it more accessible for Neuralink users to have access to the internet anywhere they go. You won't have to connect to a Wi-Fi network every time you go to a room to get it connected to the internet. I can't help but think there must be some sort of connection. And obviously that will cut internet connectivity costs quite significantly by doing that in the long run. So very, very cool stuff. And that's just the beginning. The potential, as we mentioned before in our previous episode on Neuralink, if you haven't listened to it, please do. It's very interesting of the potential of what this can do for us in the future. I'm sure there are some people who are for and against it, but this is, in my opinion, this is a price of progress. So this is something that for us to proceed in life and to improve, take advantage of the tech that we have available and to have people like these big entrepreneurs who really put their funds into work and try to actually improve humanity. You know, they'll monetize in the process, but there are other billionaires before them that haven't done as much. Some have, sure, and some haven't. So you can't help but think that even though they can profit behind that, I don't see there's anything wrong with it. I think that's the reward for actually coming up with the technology that was ignored. And they just had the courage to say, this is what we can do. And it's quite eye-opening. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. I never made the connection between Neuralink and Starlink. They both have Link in their name, so it makes sense that they'll connect. Elon always seems to be playing some 4D chess, and I'm just in amazement of how fast he progresses 
this podcast is under a year old and our Neuralink episode is probably six, eight months old. That's insane how much progress he's had. And some of the common criticism are, well, it's not just him, it's a team. But why do we praise regular CEOs you've never heard of for leading a team to increase some arbitrary shareholder value by manipulating accounting statements or share buybacks? There's no innovation. This guy's innovating like crazy. He has purpose. So if you want to find someone in life who has a crazy amount of purpose and is actually producing and getting things done, turning something out of nothing on a crazy scale, innovating so many industries, check out a good biography by Ashley Vance, which talks about Elon's story. And there's actually a new one. I'm going to listen to the audiobook specifically about SpaceX. So since we're talking about that, check out Audible which I prefer to consume content that way myself, just because I don't have the time to sit down and read for hours and hours. But while driving, I find it a lot easier to consume. We'll link those books in the show notes too. So what I wanted to say was what you said about billionaires getting paid. So let's talk about that as well, because the whole thing about people hating on billionaires again, about them making so much money, the value equation is so big. They're making so much money for people and they're really improving the world. Why can't they earn that kind of money? And Before people say someone like Jeff is an evil person, go measure the value created for the world. There was a stat I heard about how Amazon Prime saves, let's just say an hour or two a week for every person in the world who subscribes. And the line was between time and gas, you'll save hundreds, if not thousands of dollars a year in time and money for being able to have stuff delivered to your door. Essentially any product you want, with the exception of some niche ones. Whereas before you'd have to line up, go to a Walmart, go to a mall. It was a part-time job. So, I mean, the fact that Prime is $3 a month for students and maybe $7, $12 a month for people who do either the monthly or the annualized, there's so much value back to you. Why do you care if the guy's making money? And I will say that if some people are under some certain conditions that are maybe harmful in terms of pushing how excessively they work, for example... That's a fair point that can be looked into, but to say billionaires should not exist, that's one step away from saying entrepreneurship should not exist. I don't want to live in a world that does not have entrepreneurship. This is how I look at it, right? So I don't mind a person having billions knowing that they'll take that money and reinvest it to put something new out there. And I'm not saying all billionaires are good. I'm not saying it's evil to be a billionaire, nor is it good. I'm saying it's irrelevant. What you as a person would do with your money is what's important. So the fact that these people, I'm not titling them as billionaires, these people are actually taking the money they've made. And if you like to think of it as reinvestment into new projects, into other people's dreams, there are people out there, engineers, scientists, big thinkers that are working and studied and dedicated their lives in these fields, but can't find the funding. And those are the people perhaps that are finding the team that they find fit and they couldn't do it without these entrepreneurs and the entrepreneurs couldn't do it without these minds. So it is a team effort, but where do they put their money into? Some billionaires will take that money and just keep it to themselves. Some people are philanthropists and they would basically give it to those who are in need. And that's beautiful as well. Some people build schools or homes or provide some food and shelter to other communities. But then there's the aspect of where do we go from here? How do we improve to the point that these things won't be an issue anymore? Our health system, how do we make people who can't see be able to see? How do we help the paralyzed communicate with us? 
These are questions that are answered by these inventions and technologies. Because I don't think there's another company like Neuralink right now. I could be wrong, but if there is one that's out there, I don't see it making as much noise and bringing quite the attention that Neuralink is. And that's where the challenge lies, is any amount of money too much money? And the wrong hands, yes. But if you have people or entrepreneurs who build themselves from nothing into something, and they dedicated their lives to it, and then we take all that money and put it into a new project, they create a new workforce, they create new fields, they create excitement and hope for humanity, then I don't see a downside. Yeah, that's actually a fantastic way of putting it. And I love how you said, don't worry about the word billionaires. And I think people do get often divided by classifying people as a certain thing. If you just do things for the love of ideas and the love of growing the world, which is a recurring theme on this podcast anyways, I think people will turn and realize that they could also add value to the world. And the scale doesn't matter. I think ultimately who becomes wealthy in this current system or the most efficient system would be a measure of their value creation. And there's nothing wrong with that. And the other thing is, if you make money in a corporate job or Wall Street, and then you want to donate half a million dollars to a charity, how do you know that charity is going to have a better impact dollar for dollar than innovation, than entrepreneurship? So instead of feeding people off canned food, what if you reinvent nutrition or nutrition awareness or how the food system works? And I think I've heard of quite a few developments in the agricultural space as well. Little things like that. And the creativity of the mind is the only limiting factor. Back to that idea of what you were saying about who decides. I don't want people to decide for me what I do with my money or my time. I don't want people to own my thoughts in the sense that they can decide what I can think about and what I can't. It's funny because we're talking about Neuralink, but that's the idea, which is be your own capital allocator. Once you're past sustainability, decide where every incremental dollar goes hobbies, growing the future, what do you find exciting? And I think fueling your passions or discovery process towards those passions and then understanding that you can learn and iterate and then you can grow and that you can make this a lifestyle business or a company that actually turns into something. I think that's the power of the people. And then all of a sudden, you are in control of your success. There's always going to be someone who is more wealthy or a different place in life and different priorities. So it's just a fantastic point about not really caring. Be happy for those that have passion and are building things and are rewarded for it. I think that's inspiring. So I think we'll wrap it up there. We just wanted to bring some awareness to those things that are going on. And I'm sure we'll see more developments. Maybe we'll do a follow-up sometime in the future. But thanks everyone for listening. And we'd love to hear your feedback on what you think is the next step in either of these companies. So with that said, let's wrap up today's episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of Methodical Millions, where you can better your future and better yourself. Thanks, everyone.